Hello, welcome back to That Rugby Podcast. You're joined by myself and Husey, hosted by the Sports Booth. Today, 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 today. Today, my friend, we are running through Rugby World Cup grades. We're going to sit here and say, mm-hmm. how well did every team do? On a scale from A plus to F minus, just to, to clarify there is an F minus in this world. Um, me and Husey were discussing this before the podcast. As he said, there's no F minus. F is the worst grade, but I've... Corrected him in my time in schooling, Husey. I can tell you, I've seen a couple of F minuses in my time. <laughs> I mean, I just, I don't know how. I mean, I, you know, F is failure. What can you do worse than failure? Well, I guess we'll we'll get to that when we come to that that grade. I guess. And you know what? I don't think I could disagree with it, and I'm sure most people would agree with it as well. So, let's get into it then, shall we? <laughs> yeah, let's start. So we'll go go through pools. Um, so mm-hmm. we'll start with Pool A all the way through to Pool D. It's ranked on all performances, obviously our own opinions, but looking at all the games. I will start um, with France. I've given them a C-. minus. Um, look, they obviously made a pass. I think that they beat the All Blacks, first team to ever do that in a pool stage. But Home yep. World Cup, with the team that they have in goal, had to be win the Rugby World Cup, and they didn't manage to do that. Yeah. For, for me, I've given them a C-. The only reason I've elevated them from a C minus to a C is that they were missing DuPont for a lot of it. Like, even though they went out in the quarterfinal, they went out very, very narrowly. And this was with their top player having missed many weeks with a literal broken face. So it's, for me, that, you know, you should still probably win, but it it, it would have affected the preparation so much. And I guess the team like South Africa as well, who plan everything down to the dot. And... Considering the fact they lost by a single point to South Africa, who only won the World Cup by a single point as well, I give them a little bit of wiggle room there. I give them a little bit of like, I give them a, a slight pass mark there. Like slightly, like, yes, it's disappointing, but you've got to be looking at it, that French team and just like, it's the it's a what if. Like, what if DuPont was healthy for the whole thing? He was there training with us all for the whole thing. Because part of his medical recovery, he, he couldn't train fully with the team. So... That would take away the chemistry, take away the uh, playmaking, everything like that. So I, I, I elevate them slightly above a C minus uh, for for that reason. Yeah. And I, there's another team I've the got to contrast with later say... that I did give a C minus to that had similar expectations on them. And that's the difference between these two teams for me is that is that injury. Yeah. And the only thing with this French team is I go, when... Like, this was their best opportunity to win a Rugby World Cup. Like, I don't, like, as much as 2027, they'll be good still. They'll still be competitive at home in front of a big French audience with the team that they had. I think, like, they would have expected to at least reach a final. So, yeah, look, disappointing. Let's move on to the New Zealanders. Um, Same grades here. Both gone A-. minus. I think probably for the same reason, you know, you get to a Rugby World Cup from where they were, but lose it, you're never going to get an A+. Yeah, for me, if they had gotten to the final and just lost, it would have been an A. But the fact that they lost because of a red card, they shot themselves in the foot, the foot a bit for that. And so for me, that has to be stepped down to an A minus. Um, you know, it was South Africa. It, it means that forever you're going to have the question of were South Africa actually the better team or did they benefit from having a red card? And for me, I would say South Africa is the better team because they didn't commit a red card offense. You know, we discussed this a bit last week and however you, 
however your own personal opinions are on it, the way that it was called was that they didn't commit a red card offense. So they were the better team because that is part of the game. That's discipline. That's knowing the rules um, and not putting yourself in a position to be red carded. So for me, that's why they have an A minus and not an A. I think if you reach a Rugby World Cup final, you get an A grade. But the fact that you lost because of your own shooting yourself in the foot with a red card takes you down uh, a little bit there. Yeah, fair enough. I couldn't argue with that. Italy, uh, similar grades. Obviously, I went with the F minus. You went with the F. Um, so the lowest grades that either yeah. of us can give. Um, you, you start us off, mate. Uh, I think Italy will be bitterly disappointed with this World Cup. Uh, they came into this with some good momentum off the Six Nations. Uh, they knew it was going to be a challenging pool. But considering the fact that France had lost to Pont, France were vulnerable. This was their chance to maybe cause an upset there. And they got simply hammered by both New Zealand and France. You know, they faced both of those teams at opportune times and they couldn't get it done. Their players didn't show up. Uh, for me, they, you know, they beat Uruguay and Namibia. So Uruguay and Namibia. And, you know, so what? To be honest, like, I don't want to disrespect any of the teams at this World Cup, but you're a Six Nations team. This is a, a tournament, this you know, new tournament format that's coming out. As a Six Nations team, other nations are getting excluded from that, and you're holding a position there. And at, frankly, at the moment, Italy is probably my bottom team in that competition, and they don't deserve to be there. Some other nations like uh, Fiji should get a look in. Uh, Fiji, Tonga, Samoa, you know, all those yeah. teams. Um, you know, regardless of who's in it or not, I think specifically Tonga and Samoa are feeling pretty bitter about it. But Italy, yeah, uh, I didn't do anything this World Cup. Basically, may as well not have shown up. Totally. Uh, 150 points they gave up during between those two games, over 150 points. Tier 1 versus Tier 1. Like, you just sit there and you go, what happened? Like, well, how did that go so wrong mm. to give up 96 points against the All Blacks and then back it up? In a dual die fixture of sixty points, you just yeah, yeah you, you got to sit there and go something went wrong there. Uh, Uruguay both gave a C. Um, look, won yeah. the game against Namibia. They didn't push France right to the edge, which I thought was really impressive. So they could probably go to a C plus, yeah. um, but didn't get it done against Italy. Um, so yeah, that's where I yeah. sit. They came in and did the job and they were competitive. I think they'd probably be disappointed the game against Namibia was as close as it was, but I think that's Namibia putting in the effort more than Uruguay, really. Um, and, yeah, you know, it's a it's a growing rugby nation. Uh, and I just I hope that they uh, keep improving because they, uh, they're a very passionate team. Totally. Couldn't agree more. Uh, and then to run us out in Port A, Namibia, both of us gave a D minus, which I think is a fair reflection. Namibia, um, yeah. yet to record a Rugby World Cup win um, and didn't, other than that Uruguay game, didn't look likely, and still yes. are a wee, wee bit off for how long they've been playing in Rugby World Cups. Yeah, they are a tiny, tiny nation, though. So there is that. I think that I think of all the countries in this World Cup, they've got the smallest population. May, oh, no, Samoa would be. Sorry, Samoa would be. But they, they'd be... Pr- sorry? Fiji, Fiji would be. Fiji is only 100,000. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think Namibia is only on, a couple of hundred thousand. All right, Namibia population. Yeah, I still. Okay, no, I'm 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 off base on that. They're they're two point five million, still small, oh, but it? obviously, <laughs> it's two two point five million. It's yeah, 
Uh, they're still yeah. tiny, yeah. but you know, so, not as but not as much as those island nations. But they're one of the smaller countries at this World Cup, to be to be fair. And they're next to they're next to South Africa, who haven't had an interest in helping them. So I also I sit there and I go though they have automatic qualification, like pretty much through Africa, because there's no other African team that can push them. And I'm like, is that actually hurting them now? Like when we look at these World Cups, they haven't got a win yet. They don't look like again they played well against Uruguay, but they they are they weren't the better team against Uruguay. So I go when like if we rank every team other than probably Romania. Namibia is second to bottom to me. And I go, if that's how we're looking at Namibia, like, what is it going to take for this team to turn around? Because they've been at just about every World Cup, like, especially for the past yeah. um, 10, 20 years. So I sit there and go, there's got to be some change somewhere there. All right, looking at Pool B now. Uh, we'll start with Ireland in this pool. For me, I, I compare them directly to France, right? Six Nations team coming in with big expectations won their pool game against a previous World Cup champion and then bow out in the quarterfinals. Now, for me, Ireland gets a C- minus compared to France's C because Ireland was healthy, right? They weren't missing an, a DuPont, right? So for me, that's really disappointing for them. Uh, they they lost to New Zealand who went on to win the final, but you know this is an Irish team that hasn't ever made it past the quarterfinals. This is probably their best chance to do it and still didn't do it. Disappointing for Johnny Sexton, disappointing for Andy Farrell, disappointing for the nation of Ireland, quite frankly. And uh, yeah, just, you know, it's, it was a great all blacks team, but you know, you're supposed to be a great Ireland team. This is supposed to be the, the, they had, were in a hot winning streak. Everything was going their way. They'd beaten South Africa. And yeah, then they bow out in the quarterfinals. So for me, C minus, as good as they were and as good as the game against New Zealand were, doesn't matter. You bowed out in the quarterfinals as per usual. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I just sit, sat there and went, this is the best Irish team <laughs> we have ever seen. Uh, they had been in New Zealand and beaten New Zealand twice you know, on a run of what was it, seventeen games, and mm. can't tick over the eighteenth final and get past the the hoodoo that is a quarterfinal. You can't go any higher than. A C minus or a C. I think that's just, you know, yeah. like they passed, they beat South Africa, they showed they were there, but they just to be gone again in the quarterfinals. It is what it is. South Africa, yeah. my friend, A plus for both of us, quite clearly. Yeah. Pretty easy grade there. <laughs> yeah, you win the World Cup. Um, I tended to give him, tempted to give him just an A because of the red card, but as a, but then I was like, no, that's not their fault that their opponent got a red card. It's New Zealand's fault. So they shouldn't be punished. Um, you know, they they lost a pool game, so they so they become back to back world champs and back to back the only teams to have won World Cups while conceding a pool game. So, you know, well done to South Africa there. In the pool stages, they lost to Ireland uh, in a in a tight one, uh, but otherwise cruised through the competition until we got to the quarters where they played, uh, until we got to the finals where they played three in a row where they won by a singular point, which is. Absolutely incredible. Like the mental toughness and resilience you need for that is is out of this world. And as you said, the winner of this World Cup final was going to be crowned the rugby capital of the world, um, the best World Cup team, best World Cup nation, and that is South Africa. It's, it's inarguable at this point. Razi Erasmus taken back over as coach, or you know, I think he sort of 
Palpatine to Nehemiah's uh, Vader. He's been the real power behind the throne the whole time. You know, the Tywin Lannister to the Joffrey kind of thing. So, uh, you know, he's he's back in the driver's seat now. He's fully just taken over. He's done a Cersei. He's blown up. Well, I won't give away spoilers, even though the show's years old now. But he's he's ta- he's just come in, <laughs> taken over. Everyone knew this was what it was going on the whole time anyway. And uh, he he's back in charge for another run. Um, can't argue against the South Africans as World Cup. Amazing spirit shown. The team had such a vibe, and they make them they make themselves hard to hate because you see what it means to the country of South Africa, which is going through so much turmoil, going through so much change. But one thing everyone in South Africa loves is the Springboks and they can get behind the Springboks and it brings so much joy to that country that, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to hate them. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and credit where credit is due. I think they played the toughest world cup you'll ever see. You know, that we sat there mm. and said that was the hardest pull and just to get out of it was impressive. Then to quarterfinal against France who were, you know, beating the all blacks in pool stage, then a semifinal against an English team that showed up on the day. Um, and then a yeah. final against the mighty All Blacks, and yeah, to to, to do it with all one point wins, like you said, you can't can't do anything but um, kind of applaud them. Scotland, both of us give a D minus now. Pretty self-explanatory, I think, for this one as well. They did the job of the two teams they had to do the job with, but failed massively, I think, on their opportunities. Very similar to Italy, they weren't as disappointing as Italy. They at least. Put yeah. up a little bit of fight against South Africa, but again, they didn't show enough. And then against Ireland, just blowing off the park. Yeah, they really conceded that must win against Ireland. Like, that was very, very disappointing. Because it was talk of even people like playing at the scenarios, but South Africa couldn't make it through to the next stage if Scotland, um, you know, beat Ireland a certain way and things like that. And there was a lot of confidence in the Scottish camp and everything like that. And uh, you know, even with them and the Irish talks of potential collaboration, which the Irish swiftly shut down on and off the pitch. And yeah, a real sort of concession from the Scottish. The, sco- the scoreline doesn't really reflect how one-sided that game actually was. Uh, so I think the Scottish will be very, very disappointed in this World Cup because similar to the Irish and the French, this was a, a really top, top-notch top Scottish team that didn't even make it out of the pools. I think they'll be... I think Scotland yeah. and Italy... Yeah. Uh, will be two of the nations that will be cheering the most for this new World Cup format. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, 100%. Any of those teams that were fringe third places will be absolutely loving uh, the setup that we've got. Tonga both gave a C. Again, I think yeah. this pool was pretty self-explanatory as we all agreed on our grades. Um, beat Romania and didn't get like completely distracted or destroyed by the uh, other three power nations in this pool. But... Um, yeah, weren't weren't good enough to get a victory ever. No, and they had some injuries as well, notably Israel Folau. So, you know, you, you, you kind of you, you don't give them too much, but you give them you don't put them down to an F, you know, or even to a D. You leave them yeah. at a C. Like they came they they came in and they achieved what they were supposed to achieve, and they they didn't concede against the big teams. Yep, couldn't agree more. And Romania, we both give an F again, obviously. Um, I mentioned that their coach left earlier in the year, but just spanked it every and, game. And two, two games where um, they couldn't even score a, a point. fight against Tonga. Yep, yep. Put up a fight against Tonga, but other than that, just, yeah, just not a, not a good showing for the Romanians. Between, between the games against Ireland, South Africa, and Scotland, <laughs> they scored eight points, and all of those were against Ireland. And that was, the, I believe that they scored yeah, the first think, try in that not, game. 
first try in that game. <laughs> yeah, say, and yeah. They, they scored the first try in that game, and then they got a penalty. And then after that point, they didn't score another point for the next three games running. So that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Uh, Paul C. Um, yeah, look, some interesting uh, results came from this pool. Uh, we'll start with the yeah. Welsh. I went B, you went B plus. Um, now, obviously, top top the pool, and we're impressive in doing that. But I think very disappointed that they would had an opportunity to make a semi final against a weak Argentina team that we can now say that they were weak. Not, I don't want to say weak, but like an unimpressive Argentina team, I'll say. Um, and didn't get the job done. That's why I gave them only a B uh, compared to your B plus. But run us through your B plus, my friend. Yeah, B plus is. Well, look, the Welsh team came into this tournament in turmoil. You know, plays in revolt. Warren Gatlin saying he wouldn't have taken the job if he knew then what he knew now. Um, a terrible Six Nations campaign. Uh, and just no one expected them to do anything. A lot of people were expecting them to be the third team in this pool to come through and win the pool and also win in the way that they did. You know, the game against Fiji was so impressive to me where they were defending, defending, defending the whole time, really preventing the Fijians from running that game, which the Fijians could do really well, uh, was very impressive for, it was a team that showed a lot of fight and a lot of spirit. So I give them a B plus for that. Um, the fact that they made the quarterfinal as a top of the pool was incredible to me. The, the, you know, I, I, I was one of the ones that counted Wales out. I thought, you know, this is a team that is self-destructing at the moment. Um, but no, they, they pulled a masterclass on everyone. Um, and they, you know, Wales at a World Cup, they typically have very gritty performances and can surprise a lot of people, and that's what they did. Um, so, yeah, I give them a lot of props for that. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see it. I just think, yeah, the, the quarterfinal loss will st- stick along with them um, because they know they had an opportunity to make a semifinal. Um, probably wouldn't have won the semifinal, but hey. Uh, Fiji, we both went B. I think we both saw that there's a, a lot of potential from this Fijian team, um, and if they'd beaten England, you know, like... Again, I think that Fiji team that turned up the first two games, you know, Wales and then Australia, yeah. or Wales, Georgia, Australia, no, Wales and then Australia, A-plus team, then they fell into like an F team, and then they bounced themselves back to a B team um, in that Exactly. But, it's the, yeah, I just, it's I the just consistency think, for me. Yeah, you, yeah. Yeah, consistency 100%. for me. You know, they, they had an opportunity to win the quarterfinal. They couldn't do it. The fact that they had the same win-loss as Australia – uh, and they, they lost to Portugal, an amateur team. An amateur team was, for me, uh, as great as it was that they reached a quarterfinal and as great as it was that they almost won that quarterfinal, uh, the inconsistency was was not good enough. Um, and I think there was some controversy in that quarterfinal, but I think England was the better team at the end of the day as well. Um, and yeah, Fiji should really count themselves lucky that they made it through because they almost gave it away to Australia. There was an opportunity for Portugal to knock Fiji out. Yeah, yeah, they they will count themselves lucky, and I think that's why they probably are only sitting at a B for both of us. You're Australia, yep. mate. This is where we differ again in our F minus to F, but as bad as it can get. <sighs> Yeah, this is this is the only one where I I was tempted to even make a distinction between the fails of of all the groups, but I no an F is an F, uh, just the most spectacular failure of a World Cup of any Tier One nation ever. I think you know this is uh, just about everything that could go wrong did go wrong. 
I don't think anyone could have coached it worse. I don't think anyone could have managed the team worse. I don't think anyone could have managed the players worse. I don't think anyone could have managed the media worse. I don't think anyone could have uh, uh, managed their opponents worse than what Eddie Jones did. Disrespecting his his opponents, uh, disrespecting his players, both on and off the squad, disrespecting Australian legends, disrespecting everything to do with it, and then to walk away uh, afterwards. Um, it's like throwing a match onto a building you've caved the walls in and doused in petrol. Um, just an absolute nightmare uh, for an Australian fan. Uh, I think I could have coached the team better than what Eddie did because I can tell you I sure as hell would have made some different selections than what he did. Uh, I'm sure most people would have as well. <laughs> you know, uh, It's just what an absolute shocker. What an absolute horrendous year to be an Australian rugby fan. The only good part of it is that he's not coming back. So that's the only positive you could take out of it. Um, it's the it's the lowest. I tell you what, though, they are not my lowest grade graded team in this World Cup. There is one team that I think actually has done worse than Australia in this World Cup, and we're going to get to them uh, very shortly, but they are second bottom for me. Interesting. Um, yeah, uh, let's move on to Portugal. Uh, both of us a triple plus. Um, I don't think you, know, you could have written you, a better better script for Portugal. Yeah, I mean, look for a team as I just said, a team of amateurs, right? They don't play rugby professionally. Uh, they capture the hearts and minds of the crowd and audiences internationally. They, I'm a Portugal fan now as well. You know. Uh, they were amazing. They the, the way that they played their rugby, the passion they showed while playing, was uh, spectacular to watch. You know, it was it it reminds you of why you're a rugby fan. You know, when you're when your own nation's doing disappointingly, uh, like with the Wallabies, you can look at a team like Portugal and just embrace the great story behind it all. Um, and yeah, love it. You know, they they won. The, they didn't lose. They only lost half their games which is the same as Australia, which is the same as Fiji, right? They won a game against a team that went through the quarters and they tied a game against a team that is ranked significantly better than them. Uh, even against uh, Wales, they were competitive in that game, scored the first try. Against Australia, they didn't collapse. So all around a fantastic effort for a team that is mostly unprofessional players. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Couldn't even put it better myself. Um, so let's move on to our most differing grades. Uh, Georgia, yeah. um, I've gone C minus. You've gone F. I want you to run me through your thought process because I'm assuming this is the team that you were thinking it was actually worse than the Wallabies, which I'm finding I, hard to believe. But go. I they were worse than the Wallabies because they couldn't even beat Portugal. Right, they couldn't beat Portugal. Georgia came into this off the back of great momentum, similar to Italy and Scotland, and they just fell flat on their face. They just absolutely fell down. Right, they were so disappointing in in all of their games, right? I I just felt like I looked at this Georgia team and I was unimpressed. I was uninspired. There, there was, you know, they made Australia look good. They made us believe that Ben Donaldson could be the Wallabies fly half, you know? That's how bad they were, was they, they lulled us into that false sense of security. Portugal had a draw with them. And we were just saying this Portugal team is a team of amateurs. They don't play rugby full time. They didn't look good 
against Fiji and they look shocking against Wales. And I think this is a team that we're coming into this with thinking this could be the second place team in the pool. This is a team that they've got the physicality to match the Fijians. They've got the skill to match with the Welsh. They can take it to Australia and they should run over Portugal. And they didn't do any of those things. They were just so, so disappointing for me. I, I was... I was really, really disappointed in Georgia because this was, I love my tier two nations, right? I love seeing the underdogs come up and get those surprise wins and, and improve and show that, you know, world rugby exists outside of the six nations, exists outside of the rugby championship, and they just failed to deliver for me. And uh, I was just so bitterly disappointed. Um, you, know, you know, conversely, we get the, off the back of that, though, we get the good story about Portugal, which is sort of the trade off there, but I, I would just be looking at this. World Cup for Georgia and thinking what a missed opportunity. We we could have come second in this pool and instead we're on the bottom without having won a single game. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but I disagree. And I'm going to tell you why I disagree. So um, obviously the draw against Portugal, not, not great. But again, Fiji lost to Portugal. So like we can't hide the fact that obviously Portugal had their greatest ever tournament. Um, Australia, yes, caught Australia, I think, at the wrong time. Australia got their noses up, went on to win. Fiji, there, I think, one pass away from winning that game, just about. Of the, the, the mm. they made a break at the last minute. Now Fiji again, like we said, the consistency of Fiji is all over the place. So they should have beaten Fiji. And then I look at their Wales performance, and I go, actually, they lost. I think less than you guys lost to Wales, if I remember myself correctly. They actually scored a try against the Welsh. Um, so I sat there and went, look, it wasn't good. It obviously wasn't good for Georgia. But even, and I know I said your expectations of them, I think going in and my expectations was probably too high, but I sat there and I go, they didn't embarrass themselves like Italy did. I sit there and go, they don't sit there. Even though they finished bottom in their pool, didn't beat Portugal. I go, the pool they're in, yes, they missed a great opportunity. Totally agree with you. That's why I probably could have put them in a D, but I went, they missed out on opportunity, but they didn't go there and embarrass themselves. I don't think. And that's a big thing for me is (laughs) if you're going to go to these competitions as a tier two nation, and you're going to put in a, at least a hearty performance, which they did in every game. Against Wales, they were there for 50 minutes. Against you guys, they were there for 45-ish minutes. Against Fiji, they were in for the whole game. Portugal drew a game. And I think, yeah, I think they missed a kick, or Portugal missed a kick to win the game. So I just sat there and I went, look, it wasn't great. Totally agree. That's why they're a C-. They get a pass mark, but just like I'd ask for a lot more mm-hmm. from Georgia. Um, but I don't think it was as bad as your, your, your stringing them up here. Yeah, yeah, maybe I could see I could see your arguments there. I still wouldn't. I still think even a C minus is too high for me. I could maybe see bumping him up to a D or D minus, but I I couldn't go. I honestly couldn't go any higher than that. I think this is when you have your opportunities, and this is why I marked Australia and Italy and Scotland so harshly as well. Is that when you have your opportunities um, to take to elevate yourself to the next level, you've got to take them. And if you don't take them, that's on you. It's not about the other members of the pool. You've got to win that. You've got to win the games that you're supposed to win. And you've got to, um, and if you, you, you've got to win the ones that you're not supposed to win uh, as well to elevate your, your nation. And they, uh, especially when you have some expectations coming into it. So yeah, look, I could see bumping him up from an F to a D or D minus, but that that's as high as I could go. I couldn't go any higher. For, considering the right. state of this pool, as I described, a, a, a room full of men in the dark with knives stabbing each other. But then my argument would be, how have you rated Fiji a B when they lost to Portugal? 
because they made it, they, they won the games that counted. They got through to the quarterfinal. But they got through on point stuff. Not like, like we sit there and we're sitting there and waiting Australia and if minus and we're going, they went, went through on a point stuff. It's not like, you know, like it's just, that's where I'm going. Are you sitting there and rating this, this team too harsh? Look, I don't, I don't think so. But look, with Fiji, they, they won against Australia, which was the key, key thing. And they, they got the points that they needed to get. They were the better team. Australia gets marked an F because they should have, look, if, if this had been a Dave Rennie coach team with Dave Rennie selections, this team should have easily topped the pool, right? It was an incoherent babbling mess out there, right? Uh, and the fact that that Australia team was 20 points clear of Georgia was telling for me. As I said, I think I could bump them up from an F to a D minus. Fiji got the wins that it was supposed to, they, they got the wins that counted, you know? They got the wins that got them through the quarterfinals. They got the results that got them through the quarterfinals, right? And at the end of the day, that's what matters in the Rugby World Cup because as soon as you get through the quarterfinals, it doesn't matter where you finished in your pool. It doesn't matter any of the results beforehand. It's all on that finals stage, right? So that's that's your only objective for the pool stage. As we since South Africa has shown, it doesn't matter what happens before, just get through the next stage. And Fiji as well really took it to that England team and honestly could have beaten them. They could have beaten them with, uh, if there were a couple of calls that had gone their way, you know. And again, though, that that comes back to the the teams uh, disciplined enough to to not make those mistakes. That um, that makes them better teams. But for me, Fiji, they got through and they were competitive in the quarterfinal to the point where they could have won. Georgia, yeah, they were t- they were they were in some of the games, but in is a very loose term. It's a very very loose term. I was just for a team that I was considering to be competing for the second spot in the pool for them to come bottom has, it's really, it's really, really disappointing. And I don't know if Georgia will get a, well, I guess they will get a better opportunity because we're going to a larger format now, but this was in the, in for the current format, this was their best opportunity they've ever had up until this point. Yeah. Yeah. I, get, I see what you're saying. They've left a little bit of a bit of taste in your mouth, my friend, and I can get that. Exactly. You know, man, it hurts. Um, Paul D. Paul D. England. Uh, I went A, you went A plus. Look, the only reason I didn't give them an A plus is um, that they didn't make the final. Um, again, yeah. from where they've come from to where they are, they'd made the final. I would have given them an A plus, but I can see the argument for an A plus, my friend. Take it away. Well, it's similar to the Welsh story. This was a team that sacked the head coach at the end of last year, had had a terrible Six Nations, and then they came out flawless uh, pool stage, uh, and then they won their quarterfinal, and they were a point away from beating South Africa and getting through to a consec- another consecutive World Cup final. If you'd if you'd told me at the start of this year that England was going to be a single point away from a World Cup final. I would have called you mad, right? Uh, that there's no way they should have been doing that, um, and they they benefited somewhat from from the draw, but also to take it to South Africa like that to be a single point away like they were, um, you know, and especially when South Africa had, uh, you know, they as we we've said t- time and time again, they won all three of their games by a singular point, you know. England were leading for most of that game. They were, they looked like the better team for most of that game. Uh, for me, it's, it's such an impressive run from England to have been able to manage that and to take the bronze medal out as well. It's, it's incredible. I think it's the thing for me is that 
this is about as good as this England team could have done at this World Cup. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, think, I don't yeah. think they could have gotten to the, the final. Like, you know, I think at the end of the day, South Africa won and, and rightly so. And it's like, it would have been inconceivable for them to have made the final, right? And I think they that we would have had a worse final than what we actually did have. Um, and yeah, for me, I think when I look at it and I, and I see a team and it's like they they out they exceed their expectations by so much and they they played to their absolute limit they gave it absolutely 100% didn't leave anything out there it's you know I could see I could see why your personal standard they don't get an A plus because they didn't win there or they didn't make the final but I don't think that there's anything else that they could have done yeah other than make the final but yeah um, <laughs> I, 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 that's what I'm saying. I don't even think they could have done that. I think there's just it would have been an imp- impossibility. Uh, um, Argentina, we both went B, and it's hard to grade them. Like I, they, mm-hmm. they only showed up realistically in two games, in my opinion, which was Wales and the third place playoff. Other than that, they weren't good in any other game. They were good enough, mm-hmm. and that's why I, I think this is the Fiji argument that you just put on, yeah. uh, I think is where I put the B for them. Like they were good enough to get all the way through to fourth place, um, but never impressive enough. And it showed in that semi-final when they got taken away by the All Blacks. Yep. Nothing to add to that. You summed it up perfectly. Japan. Yeah. <laughs> Japan C plus and a C. Um, again, it all came down to the uh, extra quarterfinal um, game against Argentina. If they win that, they're right up to an A. Um, but again, I don't think yeah. Japan, they didn't look good against England. Um, just crept by Samoa. It wasn't a World Cup for them to remember. So we both kind of gave them mm. pass marks. I was just a bit more, I think the fact that they made that game against Argentina so close um, yeah, gave me a little bit of like, they're right there. They are right there. Like Argentina, we've got to think, have been in the rugby championship now for 10 plus years. Um, mm. We, they are, a, Argentina are a good team. They may not have played well at this World Cup, but I just, that was the only thing that, Raise them above that. Yeah, I, I think maybe I had a bit too much rose-coloured glasses looking back at previous World Cups, where there wasn't that shock Japan win that I was really hoping for. Um, yeah, I, I think we're pretty. We've got very similar pro, thought processes on on Japan. I think our thought processes continue with Samoa. I went D plus. You went D. Um, look again, they had opportunities to beat England. Had opportunities to beat Argentina. Had opportunities to beat Japan. I think they're one of those ones that'll look back and go, we were this close and just exactly. couldn't pull it out. Um, and so it's you can't, like, as much as they competed well, I don't think I can give them a pass mark because I know what this team was capable of. And we saw it in all of the games. They were capable of more wins than they got. And I actually think deserved more wins than they got, but that's that's a story for another yeah. tale. Um, and, yeah, that's that's kind of how Samoa left. Again, another bitter taste of my mouth on this. Exactly. I think the same. They didn't, they, they were in the games, but they weren't able to win. And, you know, having that clutch factor is necessary in a rugby world cup. Um, Swift then to our last team, Chile. We've both given them a B mark. I think similar to Portugal, you know, this is a team of unproven uh, players, uh, amateur players, but they were entertaining. They, had some spirit to them. They weren't completely flattened like a Romania. Um, you know, they did have some awful results, particularly against England, but 
for, for me, they showed more fight than some of these other teams. And I just enjoyed seeing what they could do for their first World Cup. Yeah, I was, I, I couldn't agree more. So impressed with just the, the fights that they put up. Uh, I remember watching the Japan game and just, I think when I ranked the, all the games, I put it up there as like a, a four-star <laughs> game. It was just the intensity levels of it for a team that hasn't been to a mm-hmm. World Cup were fantastic. Um, On to the figures have been released from the Rugby World Cup. Um, and I just thought, well, let's touch over a couple of key things and just to show why France really is the hub of rugby at the moment. Um, so we had, on average, uh, a match attendance of more than 50,000 people, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, New Zealand only has one stadium greater than 50,000 people. So just to show, like, the uh, attraction from the French and the people to go to France and watch Rugby World Cup, uh, there was 3.1 billion impressions on social media, which we contributed to, QZ, obviously. Um, yep. 800 million and more than a million news and media mentions, which is just incredible. And a domestic audience, and this is what blows my mind, of over 230 million um, on across the French television. So that just to me, I just sit there and go, wow, like France know how to host a World Cup. France love rugby. France to me is the hub of rugby. Um, 40 million of profits for in euros for the um, French rugby union and over a billion mm. into the French economy just to me showed how much France gets around a, a rugby world cup, which is, you know, arguably a top five event in the world. Um, the, I did read that in Japan, it was actually 2 billion to the uh, Japanese economy, but I think that was first rugby world cup hosting, you know, the Japanese do everything a little bit bigger. Um, yeah. Middle of the world, a bit easier for everyone to get to. Um, but I just sat there and I went, you look at the French and the way that their current professional competition is going, which is arguably one of the best in the world, if not one of the highest standards and biggest grossing. You look at the way they've just hosted this Rugby World Cup. Um, I actually saw a tweet about, and I, I, um, I think this will eventually end up happening, I don't know how, but they might do it, um, why the British and Irish Lions don't tour France. And I just mm-hmm. sat there and I was like, that is actually not a bad point because how big would that be? You have the British and Irish Lions in France playing against French teams and the free test matches. Um, it would yeah. require to push everyone to a 16-year rotation, which, again, I think makes the British and Irish Lions tours that much more memorable. Like it is the 12-year wait is what gets you going is, or oh, they're coming back. They're back again. If that was 16 years, you know, you've, you've really – only have one chance to play the British and Irish Lions in your career, potentially. Um, so it would be, yeah, it'd be fascinating. Um, but, yeah, I just just want to touch base on a fantastic World Cup and uh, uh, well ran, run by the French. Absolutely. Now, we mentioned it. Razzie is back in charge at SA. Um, as you said, kind of was the puppet master um, there for, for this World Cup, as I think his role was director of rugby. But now he yeah. is officially back in charge, which I think is a scary prospect for the rest of the world. Like, uh, I, I I saw, I did some random numbers as I'm doing another video on this, um, and the average age of South Africa was the oldest of the top 12 teams. Um, and they averaged 31 years old. So I think I counted that next World Cup, they'll have six, only 16 players under the age of 34 that played at this World Cup, so there'll be a lot that will be gone. So they're going for a rebuilding-ish stage, as much as you can say that about a South African team. 
with Rezzy at the helm, it's a little bit more scarier. I would love someone else. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love someone yeah. else there, um, but we'll see it's, what happens. It's, uh, South Africa are going to be South Africa. They're going to be tough no matter who's in charge. I just think it's it's sad that Dave Rennie wasn't held on for Australia because then we would have had Rassi, Razor, and Rennie as the three three coaches for the Southern Hemisphere teams of the <laughs> rugby Oz. championship, and then and the Checker Triple as well. Oz. You know, yeah. Uh, but you know, it's 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 a scary prospect. South Africa, they you know they've they won a World Cup in the nineties, the two thousands, the twenty tens, and now the twenty twenties. They're the only team that's done it across four decades. It's crazy. Yep. That it is. Uh, women's rugby is well and truly back or finished, I should just about say now, for the year. England took mm. out WXV1. Um, shout out to Canada, who actually finished second in that. Yeah. And shout out to the Wallaroos, who beat France and Wales, and especially the game against the Welsh, we, where they had a record. I think we came, yeah, we came very, we, we only didn't come second because of points differential. And yeah, that you brought up the France win as well, which was a huge one for the Wallaroos. Especially since France the week before had just bet the uh, New Zealanders. Um, and the one against Wales, I really enjoyed watching um, because it showed a bit of, you know, ticker in an Australian side, which we haven't seen for a good year, I'd say. Um, no. So maybe the woman can, can head into men's training and just show the lads, what, how to actually play some footy. Yeah. Uh, they Maybe Rugby win. Australia they, will start treating games. the women's game the same as the, the men's and give them, you know, flights and accommodation and not splash out on the wives and girlfriends of the men's team. Well, yeah, don't treat it quite the same because you want to, like, Get into the quarterfinals. Uh, we want it to be good. So maybe just take yeah. a step above the men's game. Yeah, yeah. You don't quite want it the same, but I see what you're saying. Uh, good point. But um, yeah. yeah, I did think. I thought I sat there and watched that and was like, "That's um, some good play from the the, the woman of uh, of Australia, which they which we need." Like again, when Australia is competitive and world rugby, it's better for world rugby. Um, Super rugby. Back, but not back. The Reds hosted uh, one of the Japanese clubs. I don't know which one it was. Centauri, I think. Um, but don't quote me on that. Um, and they won 31-29. But the headline says, mm. Reds put Japanese side to sword and return to Ballymore. And I was like, well, winning by two points isn't putting a team to a sword. But hey, um, I think it's because they're called the Knights or something like that. And so they were trying to play on words. But yeah, it doesn't make sense to... Anyone else in the world? Um, okay, so there's two final questions for this podcast. Queenslanders. Um, <laughs> um, Aussie coach, British and Irish Lions coach. Now, obviously, two years' time, we get those games. Who, my friend, do you want as the next Aussie coach? Stephen Larkham. Particularly because Dan McKellar has ruled himself out. He's committing to his contract at Leicester, and I think that's a good thing. Um, we need more coaches to be doing that. And we need rugby organizations to be doing that as well, sticking by their their coaching choices. I think Larkham is a great option because he's in the Aussie system. He's worked with the Wallabies before as an assistant with Checker. And I think he is an attacking coach, which we showed absolutely zero attacking flair uh, this World Cup. Um and so I think we need him as the head coach and then a real solid defensive assistant. But overall, he is what I like about him is he is a former player at a very high level. And that often doesn't necessarily translate to coaching. But I think for Larkham, it will, and he can relate to the players um, 
in a way that maybe an Eddie Jones or a Dave Rennie couldn't. Like, yeah, they were both form players as well, but the generational gap, I think, was just too much. I think you you sort of mentioned it early in Eddie's tenure, like, has the game passed him by? Is his theories not working? And I, I think we saw, yeah, that was, that was the case. Um, and I think Larkin will be able to relate to these players. I think we'll see some more... Brumby's in the squad, which we probably should have seen. Like, I don't know why, you know, like a Matt Phillip was in there and not a Darcy Swain or a Caden Neville, for example. Um, lots of and lots of different things. I think Larkham is the right choice for it. Uh, and really just a lack of other options. Like, who else realistically could you go after? I don't think that there, there's that many options out there. Um, so I think that he's... It, it's up to him whether he will put his hand up for it or not. And I don't know if he will, um, but I think that would be great for the Wallabies because one of the big things with the Wallabies is discipline and not shooting themselves in the foot. And I think that Larker would be able to relate to players' frustrations around getting penalized and things like that and be able to take them through strategies to mitigate it and things like that. Um, you know, he made the Brumbies, he, he kept the Brumbies a very competitive team. Uh, after Dan McKellar left. So I think that as well is a very big feather in his cap. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think you're in a rock and a hard place at the moment because, like you said, like, what are your other options? Like, your other options are bringing in someone who's going to cost a shitload of money, which I don't think is a good idea um, because you don't know if it's going to work out and you're paying him a shitload of money. So why not go through the system and go... Who is our best coach in Australia? Look at the franchises that you've got. You've got um, Larkham there. You've got Cron out at Western Force, who's building a team nicely. Like, I wouldn't mind still seeing Cron out at Western Force because he's going to have the players this year to put his name somewhere. Mm -hmm. If the Western Force can get into a good position, he definitely puts his name up in lights. You've got, um, sorry, I've forgotten the Waratahs. Coleman. 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 I got there. I got there. I got there. I got there. (laughs) Um who, again, has, I think, he, he lifted the Waratahs from the depths of bottom to a place where they're respectable. Hasn't done enough to probably tick over, and I think it would, you'd want him to stay at the Waratahs. So then I look at the Reds, who just got Les Kissing, so you're not going to get him. Um, so then there's a, a Brad Fawn, who who maybe gives you a bit more structure. I still think Fawny, if you're going to get him, it's going to be a, a assistant role. I think that would be perfect for, for Fawny. Um, I then look, do you go for a young gun? There's a couple out there. Tomati Ellison just finished up at the Wellington Lions. Like, do you look and just find some of these niche ones? A name that's coming up quite a lot is Ian Foster. Don't think that's a good name for Australian rugby right now. I think, again, like you said, you need someone who's going to relate to the Australian public and is going to be willing to accept the job of having to lift this team. Look, you've got exciting times ahead, and this is why I think Larkin's mm-hmm. the, the best candidate. Is you've got exciting times ahead internally in Australian rugby. Having an Australian head coach, imagine you put Larkham in there. Two years, he delivers a British and Irish Lions win. What that does for you for the next two Mm. years going into a World Cup at home with Larkham there and the Wallabies playing well, you're setting yourself up just for so much success for later on down the line. So, look, it's it's hard because if Larkham's the only option, 
he can kind of negotiate exactly what he wants. So they'll obviously find some names to, to interview. But yeah. I think, yeah, I think you're, you're bang on the money. I think it's Larkham or Bust, I don't think that would necessarily opinion. be a bad um, thing for Larkham to be able to dictate his terms, though, because I, that means he can, he'll be able to put in the structures that he wants. So, um, and I think that might bring on board, you know, your Reds and your Brumbies for the centralization stuff as well. So, yeah. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, and the next Lions coach I was talking about the Lions tour in 2025. Uh, uh, Gatlin stood down, um, has put his back in behind Andy Farrell. Um, I would be surprised if it's not Farrell. Ronan O'Gara yeah. is a name that's been chucked up as, a, again, a very good coach. Um, who do you reckon ends up in that role? Yeah, I think probably Farrell. I think it just makes sense, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, no other names really leap to the top of the pile for me. Yeah, I think if you were to chuck some names out there again, like I said with Ronan Gary, you go Borthwick obviously had a great performance with England, but his yeah. focus primarily has to be getting to England, be England. final in 2027. Yeah, and, and then you go Gregor Townsend from Scotland, didn't do enough at this World Cup to impress all of us um, and then with Gatlin stepping down it, it kind of just makes sense Farrell obviously had the great run um, unless they bring out an external source like a someone comes out of retirement maybe an Ian Foster comes in and just coaches British Irish Lions yeah. but uh, I think yeah Farrell makes 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 a lot more sense to the game um, not a lot else happening in the rugby world at the moment Premiership rugby is well and truly away, European rugby. Incredible, I must say, seeing, watching Saracens versus Leicester Tigers and seeing the players like Owen Farrell being already playing top-level rugby. What are we, yeah. two weeks out after a third-place playoff? That is insane yeah. to me. Like, again, obviously rugby, it's rugby season for them. But after a World Cup, um, just nutty. Um, and it's... Saying that, uh, there is a rumour flying around that these the test series that are coming in mid-June next year are only going to be two match series because of World Cup, after a year after a World Cup, just to give some players a bit bigger a break. Apparently, rumour is Australia hosting Wales, from what they said at the uh, end of last year, um, which, again, for a new coach coming in, not a good team to be, not a bad team to be facing. Um, and it's good narrative-wise as well. As in, as in, well, because we just lost to them in the World Cup. It's revenge. Oh yes, yes, no, yeah, yeah, very good, yeah. I was like, as in that the British and Irish Lions are coming next time. No, nah. yeah, that makes more sense that you did lose to them that time that you lost forty to six. Yeah, I remember. Um, got yeah. out of the Rugby World Cup. How could I forget? <sighs> um, alrighty, that is us for this evening. We will see you again next week. Thank you for joining us on that rugby podcast. I have been Luke. He has been Husey. We will see you next time. Goodbye. Peace.